welcome to another episode of Great News. I'm Kevin Ryder. This is Michael Catherwood with his thumbs up in Austin, Texas. How was your How was your week in Austin, Mike? Uh, good. Um, Are you a farmer? Yeah, dude, full farmer. I have chickens have and stuff. I, I we lost a chicken. That was rough. It was seriously rough. Chickens suck, though. So you're no, good. they don't. They oh. <laughs> chickens like are chicken? chickens are awesome. Mike, for those of you that don't know, is in uh, Austin, and he's a farmer now. Yes, I have I have eight acres, and uh, there's a donkey coming to my house. Oh no! Well, let's wrap up great news now because what Mike's do you the donkey. mean? What I will have my own donkey <laughs> to go with my chickens and my collection of that is such a kick-ass animal. Yeah, it is. I'm worried about the combination. That's all. Just the combination of you know you and a donkey. Well, with with OnlyFans, there is the potential for a donkey show. I'm just, I got uh, any revenue stream I can think of, Kevin. Listen, you got to do what you got to do. Yep. All right. This uh, podcast is all about great news, and it is about uh, people who restore your faith in humanity. They actually are doing good for other people, most of the time strangers. And we like to highlight those stories just to give you a little bit of a balance from the actual news, which is a horrible story on repeat 24-7. Pretty much just nothing but negative. But there is so many people doing so many great things. That is why we decided to bring you great news. <clears throat> Kevin, special yes. intro today. <clears throat> All right. Ooh-ah. Al Pacino. Another request. Intro. Ooh-ah. It's an intro. Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues. Kevin and Mike here to give you great news. Ah, ah. James, I mean, really, for you. really, only Hua worked. That was Thanks. it. Okay, but you know, it's a start. It's like what if you, you do, do McConaughey, it could be shitty, but as long as you get in, all right, all right, all right, and there, are people are like, oh, Correct, it's yes. <laughs> all right, my first story is not humans; it is uh, animals, and we like to bring you uh, animal videos a lot. And I don't know if you've seen this one or not, but it got caught on a ring camera, and it is just starting to snow. And there's a mama bear that's walking in front of the house that the ring camera got. And then there's a baby bear. And the little cub, watch this video, it's snowing a little bit. So mama bear walks by, little cub is like, what is this strange moisture out of the sky? Stands Uh on two feet and like puts his hands up. Like, this is great, it's snow. How crazy is that? A little baby bear, a little cub. That is so cute. Except, like, I can't take out of my head. They they just shred you apart. Like, horrible, violent, right. miserable Watch death. Watch again and tell me this is going to shred you apart. Look at the little cub. Stand up. Oh, ah, snow! <laughs> I'm so happy it's snowing! <laughs> that is sweet. I couldn't love that more. And I don't like to think about the fact that they would rip my face off, although it is technically accurate. It is technically accurate. Well, let's just let's just all just put that in the back of our minds and appreciate how beautiful and cute they are. Yes, exactly. Speaking of beautiful and cute, Kevin, what's yes. your take on Adele? I think Adele is like a, a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Yeah, and her voice is amazing, and she puts out crazy good albums. And I don't uh, listen to her a lot. But when I do, it's like, oh, she's good, which begs the I, question, why don't I listen to her a lot? I don't know. I, it's because some, it, it's just like it doesn't float your boat. 
it's the same thing for me. I, I every time I hear Adele, I'm not gonna like change the channel or, you know, tell uh, tell the sh- to shuffle to the next song. But I'm not like going out to get her music. But right. she is. I think it's pretty hard to argue an extremely talented woman. And um, I thought this was a pretty cool moment that was caught on tape where she has a surprise reunion with a teacher uh, from her youth that meant a lot to her. Check it out. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. So I've got some more questions. Emma Thompson. Oh, hello. I've seen you all night dancing. You've been dancing all night. Hi. Hi, you look lovely. Hello, girl. Um, this isn't my question, it's a sort of sub-question, but underneath that beautiful frock, are you actually wearing socks? I'm wearing, well, that... wearing, wearing tights, oh, okay, sorry, they've fallen got... down and they're all baggy in the crotch. That's right, I just... Yeah. <laughs> I just figure yeah. I'll wear tights. I don't like yeah. singing in high heels because... No, yeah. you can't. Who, who, who can? Over, yeah. I thought I couldn't love you more, but now, of course, I do. Um, <laughs> so, look, no, my question is, when you were younger, mm-hmm. was there someone who kind of supported you or inspired you or sort of, you know, protected you from all the trials and tribulations of life and inspired you to sort of go on? Yeah, I had um, a teacher at Chestnut Grove who taught me English. That was Miss McDonald. Did you ever keep in touch? Did you see? No, she left when I was in year eight. She left when I was in year eight, yeah. But it was just one year, but she was like, she got me really into literature. I've always been obsessed with English and obviously now I write lyrics. But she also did street dance. Not I was too scared to join. But like in the in the canteen, they used to do these dances and stuff like that. But yeah, she just um, she was so bloody cool, so engaging. And like she really made us care, and we knew that she cared about us and stuff like that. And it was just she used to have all these gold bracelets on and gold like sig rings. And I don't know, she was just bloody cool yeah. and so relatable and likable that I really looked forward to my English lessons. Yeah, because it's odd, actually, funny enough. <laughs> Is she here? This is what I'm here. She's here tonight. Just looking after my family. Oh, my <laughs> just God. dancing. Oh, sorry. Oh. Don't cry. Thank you. Oh, thank you for remembering me. Thank oh, you. my God, no, you really, you really did change my life. Mum, Mum, can you believe it? She's over there, she doesn't want to be filmed. Oh, now I've got to get my old face redone. <laughs> oh, my God, how are you? I haven't I'm seen good. you since I was like. Well, do you have kids? What are you doing? Yeah, I've got two kids. You've got I've two got, kids? Um, Sky and Hayden. Hi, guys. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, I'm so happy you're here. Oh, my God, well, can I get your number from them or something? So yeah, of course, of oh, course. Y- yeah, oh, right, I've got, got my makeup fixed. Bye, miss. Oh, darling, thank you. I've got all my books, you know. I've got all my books from when you were my teacher. Oh. I didn't even have my face touched. Oh. Alan, do you want to come talk for five minutes while he fixes his face? Imagine, thank God she said nice things, right? Imagine like, I thought she was pretty cool at first, but then 
Totally. Yeah, no, or imagine totally. like the first lady, did you have anybody in your life that really changed your life? Has anybody really meant anything to you? And she's like, no. Can't think of anyone, no. <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty cool moment. That teacher would have just, just slunk out the back. Yeah, that was very cool. I like that. I like surprises uh, to the artists while they're on stage. That's cool. Yeah. All right, I'm going to talk about an 89-year-old retiree. Cool. Um, 89 years old. Is she hot? Is she hot? Her name is Manfred Steiner. All right. And he's 89. Damn it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was young, his family encouraged him to pursue medicine over physics. He wanted to go into physics. His mom and dad said, you know what? Be a doctor instead. Okay. So he got a medical degree and then his first PhD in biochemistry. Uh-huh. Much like you and me. Okay. Correct. Um, and he worked as a hermatologist and researched blood disorders at Brown University. Then he wow. retired at 70 and started taking physics classes at Brown at dude. 70. Oh, my God. This dude puts us to shame. Ended up getting a PhD in physics. <laughs> Listen to this. 70? Yes. What? No, at 89. Oh, my God. To hear Manfred Steiner talk about physics. I I like the picture because it's quantum field theory and it shows a picture of a field. Is to understand the gravitational pull some things inexplicably have on us. I said, this is my dream. Always was my dream. Physics. I wanted this, to be a physicist. Since his boyhood days in Vienna, Steiner wanted to study the science of matter and its behavior in time and space. But why? One word, precision. Now, I was interested in quantum physics. But then you go into astrophysics, where everything is multiplied by 10 to the 30, you know. And the physical laws and everything still works, even at that enormous multiplication that's unique because in medicine i've always felt there were so many variables now in physics you know there are lots of variables a lot of them actually too but you can go to precision that is unmatched anywhere in the other in the uh, scientific world physics is only here steiner has devoted his life's work to the scientific world earning his md and then his first phd in biochemistry he became a hematologist researching blood disorders at brown university and treating patients at local hospitals when i'm sorry i wanted to go back and point out how high his pants are his pants this is an amazing guy, but his pants are like underarm level. You, you almost think like there. That's a different. That's not a same article of clothing. Like it becomes right. something different, right? It's like a onesie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a onesie pants. And wait, right. okay, I have a question. Yeah. In 1940, mm-hmm. um, people. It's not like people. They wore their pants higher. They had higher rise pants. But it wasn't that high. No. Why, what is it about guys who get to that age where they're like, this is a good idea? Because I, I don't understand. Even... Going to under the right under the navel, they're not like, you know, they weren't raised in my, you know, my generation beyond where it's like you right. sag the pants. But you go to the navel. I'm like, OK, I get it. Clint Eastwood or something. But where like I don't it's very straight. It's not like they're hearkening back to something. No. That happened before. Also, I because of the way pants are built i don't know how it's scientifically possible to pull them up that high you're just extreme man toe <laughs> right but 
Why would you live like that? Why would you walk around in pants like that or so? You think Here we are. We're picking on a guy's pants because he got a PhD. We have to. We have to. Physics. We have to beg this question. We have to beg this. <laughs> I I believe it's because your balls sag so much when you get to that age. You almost need to use your pants as like a ball cradle, or else, you know what I'm saying? He's pulling it up so that the rise of the pants is right below the balls. Right. Subsequently, squeezing them to his you know, the top of his crotch. So if he didn't wear his pants that way, his balls would like drag on the ground. They'd be <laughs> either like by his socks or, you know, and then, and then you run the risk of like smacking them when you're like driving a car, you know, you're sure. shifting gears, who knows? Sure. You step on it when you're trying to step on the, on the gas. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That can happen. The dude uh, retired at 70 and then got a PhD in physics at 89. At Brown, by the way, yes, not like some fucking junior, junior college down the right. street. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm looking forward to wearing my pants that high, and I will never get in a PhD in anything. I, but I don't think we can, Kevin. I don't think no. you and I are good enough at anything to do that pants. Oh, no. Agreed. Agreed. What? You, right, have to Kevin. Be, you have to be a cert- have a certain amount of accomplishment to wear the pants that high. Yeah. You have to, <laughs> okay. you have, you have to earn it. I thought I, it was just an age thing. Go ahead. I was driving down the street. Mm-hmm. This is three days ago. Mm-hmm. Driving down the street. And I look to the side of the road and there's a man who looks to be selling things that he has, like an artisan good that he has mm-hmm. made. Okay. Is he like painting stuff or pottery? No, he has like a, like a, almost like a little kid's lemonade stand, like a, like okay. a, like a, a foldable table and he's got shit out on it and, and a sign. And as I pull up to kind of perpendicular to him, I could read this sign and I said, I swear to God, the fr- I was like, oh, my God, it's Kevin's soulmate. Look at this picture, and this is 1 million percent real. This is probably 200 yards from my house. Does that say fireworks and cannon for no, sale? No, firework <laughs> cannons that he hand makes out of unused gun parts and fabricates them with, like, lead pipes and metal pipes he was a fabricator who I wouldn't, you know, I went and talked to the fucking guy. He makes them and they launch fireworks like 200 feet in the air oh that with, with combustion, like a fucking firearm. And he just hand makes them and he's selling at- them by the side of the road because that's fucking Texas. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> did you say you went and talked to him? Fuck yeah, I did. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Mike lives in Austin. So is he near Austin? Yeah, I mean, he's he's. I, I'm kind of like on the outskirts in like the the country and like the 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 shticks. Yeah, and uh, this is this is like 25 miles from downtown Austin. Uh, did you already ship the firework cannon to me, or is this is that a Christmas surprise? I can't uh, ship it. Why? It's because a fucking it's a combustible firearm. <laughs> I I literally can't ship it. Believe me, I went through all the. You really did. You thought about it. Oh, yeah. I think you need to hire someone to drive it out. I don't think I'm that's gonna, too much to ask for Christmas. See, my parents are still in L.A. I, I got to be visiting soon. I'm going to bring. Oh. But how am I going to get that on a fucking plane? You may have to. You can't sh- have maybe to drive you can it. ship it. Drive, you have to drive it. You have to drive it. How far? How long is the drive from Austin to Los Angeles? It's like 15 hours. Worth it. Yeah. Worth it. For yeah. me, I mean, it's worth it for me that you drive 15 hours and then bring me a cannon. Is it? I mean, yeah, it's worth I would, it. If I got that, I would be in jail within three days. 
Yeah, I well, you I don't could you use that in LA County? Well, of course not. But you Dude, can't use it, any of the ones that we use. It has to <laughs> wait, you put gunpowder in it and he go and you pull he goes boom and you pull a fucking like the cartoons and it just launches shit. Does he do you like jam it full of Sorry for that unfortunate action. Do you jam it full? <laughs> no, it's not like a musket. It's not like front loaded. Yeah, that's what I was there's wondering. A, there's a compartment that you slide back and you just pour gunpowder in it. I need it. How and, rad is that? Uh, that's fantastic. It has a it has a locking hammer and everything. It's listen. A lot of people complain about the United States because there are a lot of problems right now. But yeah. this guy, that guy's not a problem. This guy rules. It's a problem that there's parts of the United States where that guy can't thrive. (laughs) Exactly. And California is one of those states. You better believe it. When are you going to drive it out? In time for Christmas? No, I can't make that promise. Um, Because I'm flying out to L.A. relatively soon, but I I, I don't know when I'm driving out. Hire someone to drive. That might look... And now, okay. Now I'm going to spend. I'm, listen, I know that's eight hundred dollars for a yes. seventy-five dollar thing. Yes, yes. Okay. And I know it's a ridiculous thing to ask, but I need it. Okay. It, it's not an option. I need to have that. I'll do what I can. <sighs> All right. Uh, let's talk about old people again, shall we? Let's. Vince Kolumbiowski. I'm pretty sure is his name. He's from uh, Clyde, Ohio. He enlisted in the Air Force when he was 17. He was. Almost finished with high school. Okay. Almost. So very close to being finished to high school. And he went to the Korean War, which is the early 50s. So after 70 years, 70 years after he earned his diploma, he was close enough to get a diploma. After 70 years, his granddaughter hooked it up so this veteran could actually get his GED. Watch this. Vince Kolumbiowski from Clyde, Ohio, was just 17 years old when he enlisted in the Air Force. He was a senior in high school, a few months shy of graduating. He got his GED and went off to fight in the Korean War. For years, he would always tell his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, that he had always wished that he'd received his high school diploma. His family got an idea. They called the school board, explained the GED, the Korean War, the sacrifice. And the school board said they would be honored to issue that diploma. Vince, with no idea, sitting in his chair. You gotta be kidding me. Vince, finally getting that diploma. Whew. Oh, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Congratulations. (laughs) His family right there. Holy cow. And right here tonight, the high school graduate with his diploma. Hey, David. It was a very emotional time for me for an 88-year-old man to accomplish his high school diploma. It's got to be a miracle. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Vince proudly holding that diploma after a 70-year wait. Hi, David. His granddaughter, Krista. It's something he's talked about his entire life. Hi, David. And his great-granddaughter, Madison. It was a great privilege to actually be able to see my great-grandpa graduate. It was pretty awesome. 
Damn you, Kevin. His great granddaughter is more eloquent than I am. She was very <laughs> poised, right? right? She's got a better vocabulary and she's a lot smarter. And look at that dude. I mean, the Korean War, along with the wars before and slightly after, were awful wars. You know, they're dropping napalm on a whole Not section. Not a picnic. No. So this tough guy is like, someone give me a towel. I'm crying. That's so, uh it's beautiful, man. Uh, God, I love that. You got me on that one. That was that was an absolutely beautiful story. Um, and it's just like whew, when you think about something that was clearly just so special to him, it's so beautiful to be able to provide that for a man like that, especially at that age. You know, I, I would imagine after all your children, grandchildren, great grandchildren are born, you see. There's not going to be much else that's going to get you at that point. You've gone through right. war. You've done your career. You've raised a family. What's going to get you to the point of, you know, that, that level of emotion? And, and to provide him something that did is just a what, a what a beautiful story. I agree. So This agree. one's pretty crazy, dude. All right. I don't know if you know this, Kevin. I mean, I, I understand you're a father. Yeah. But uh, childbirth, crazy. What? Childbirth is fucking crazy. <laughs> And uh, happens every second, probably numerous times, every second all over this world. And sometimes people have to step up and act like a hero because you just, you know, obviously you could get a little window of a time frame, but you don't know. It just boom, it can happen. Check out this, I thought, rather amazing story. When that call came in, I thought she was in a car accident because she was panicking and she just, she was scared. Elise Rivera, a 911 operator in Philadelphia, was getting ready to end her shift for the day. 911, where's your emergency? When she answered one last call from a woman in extreme distress. So then she's like, I, I feel like I'm dying. I feel like I'm dying. When I said that to her, she was just like, it's okay, Charlotte, just keep breathing, just breathe. 30 minutes prior, Charlotte Fatoma, nine months pregnant, was going about her job as a nurse at an assisted living facility when she started having intense contractions. One of my clients, she said, do you need me to hit my life alert? <laughs> and I said, no, you keep that. I'm gonna be okay, don't worry about me. Having given birth to two other children, Charlotte assumed she had plenty of time to drive herself to the hospital 40 minutes away. Once I hit the exit, traffic for so long. I'm like, oh my God, I, I'm never going to make it there. Charlotte's contractions started coming on faster and traffic had come to a standstill. When I died 911, this lovely lady picked up. She was like, 911, what's your emergency? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I think I'm in labor. She's just screaming. <laughs> so what I told Charlotte was that everything that she's feeling, her baby is feeling. And I didn't want her baby to go into distress, so that's why I kept telling her, just take deep breaths. Contractions were coming now two mm -hmm. minutes apart, and it was to a point that I couldn't bear it anymore. And she was very calm, so that, that kept me calm. I just told her, listen, you're gonna see your baby sooner than you think. Realizing the ambulance would not make it in time, Elise advised Charlotte to pull over. She told me to position myself in the car, Move the seat back, push yourself all the way to the edge of the chair, put your legs up, prop yourself, and make a way for that baby. Once she felt the baby's head, 
I told her the next step is very important. I was like, you have to get the rest of the baby out. And she gave it a big push, and then I heard the baby cry. The ambulance pulled up at the very moment Charlotte gave birth to a healthy seven pound, one ounce baby girl on Montgomery County's Interstate 476. Once I heard my baby cry, it was one of the happiest moments in my life. I felt very happy. I felt very emotional. So I had to lift my mic up. My eyes got watery. What Charlotte didn't know at the time was Elise was just four weeks into her new job as a 911 operator. I've never helped with a baby delivery over 911. That was my first one. That's like an early Christmas gift, you know, to, to experience something like that. Elise, the 911 operator, she is an angel in this garden. She was wonderful. She treated me so kind. Charlotte says, thanks to that angel in disguise, baby Elizabeth is at home and thriving, and they both can't wait to meet the woman who was there for them on the other end of the phone. We started off as strangers, and now we're connected forever. It is going to be emotional. <laughs> so make sure you have tissues. <laughs> it is going to be emotional. So let's not wait any longer. Of course, here is Charlotte and four-week-old baby Elizabeth, who is just beyond adorable. And again, 911 operator Elise Rivera is on the other side of the trellis. Are you ready to meet Elise? Yes. Okay. You call her your angel in disguise? Yes. Okay, Elise, come on over. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Thank you so much. You're ago you guys were strangers and now you're bonded for life so Elise how are you feeling um a lot of emotions <laughs> very emotional she's just so beautiful well Char and I have something for you oh and her sweet. thank you so here's the thing Charlotte I heard something funny what is the location you wrote on Elizabeth's birth certificate the interstate 476. <laughs> is there something else we want to say about Elizabeth's birth certificate? Do you want to tell her something? Yes. Um, I named her Elizabeth Elise Jala. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. And that's not all. Oh my gosh. Charlotte has one more question for you. Sure. I would love, um, would you like to be? Elizabeth Elise, godmother. Yes! Come on! What a beautiful story. Like All she, around! Like giving birth to a child isn't enough under the best of circumstances. Who is tougher than Charlotte? Yeah, no, she no was kidding. Our, she was at work at the old folks' home going into labor the old folks are like you want me to hit my my alert button and she's like i'm good i'm going into labor i'm at work so i i'm not gonna call someone i'm not gonna call 911 let me get in my car and fucking drive to the hospital 45 minutes away she's just cruising she's probably like ah, ah. contractions two minutes apart she's still just grinding down the interstate finally got to the point that she couldn't hack it and just pulls that sucker right out on her own <laughs> right agreed agreed amazing can you put that, that picture a... back up courtney is that possible to put the picture back up or no uh, why were there um yeah no seriously okay why is there a going? quaker behind them what's going on is this the handmaid's tale like what <laughs> 
all of the people around are wearing costumes like it's a civil and war we will take that baby as a sinner thomas putnam and serve <laughs> to the crucible <laughs> all of the people in that story were dressed like that and it's a beautiful story but i was having problems concentrating that was awesome man she made the baby godmother come on that's fantastic that's really great all right if you like great news uh like it subscribe to it tell your friends about it and uh click that little button that'll tell you when we put up a new episode they are every monday and thursday and michael catherwood now has the outro <clears throat> outro you know what i'm talking about bro say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues because kevin and mike just gave you